Hello, I'm Anna Chilton here with the Sustainable Wine podcast. And we have with us today Sally Evans from Georgette and Chateau Georgette um, in Fonsac. And this is quite an interesting story of a marketing executive who had had a very successful corporate career, was living in the south of France and decided to buy a winery. And she did so in 2015. And so I'm really excited to hear her story. The other part of it is that she is exploring sustainability from the ground up. She's doing it on a practical basis every day. She doesn't have a sustainability background, neither does she have a winemaking background, but she is doing it and we want to learn how. So Sally, tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you end up making wine? Hi, Anna. Um, well, I, uh, yes, I've done various things during my career, but my most uh, recent career was working in uh, a marketing uh, position at Accenture. So I've been living in France for quite a long time, and I had been doing that for about 16 years and then wanted a change of direction as my children left home. So living in the south of France, um, having given up a corporate career and with children leaving the nest, it was like, what can I do to get my teeth into? And I'd always wanted to study wine, always wanted to learn more about the wine that I was drinking. So I started the WSET courses, um, with, started with level one. And as I got more and more into wine, realized that it wasn't just about the world and the business of wine that I wanted to uh, investigate further. I really wanted to make wine. So I started uh, looking around to buy some vines. And uh, after looking a little bit in the southeast, I traveled to Bordeaux, discovered the Bordeaux region. And uh, here I am. And what brought you to Fonsac specifically? What is it about that area? Well, once I had discovered Bordeaux and its uh, multifaceted uh, approach and styles of wines, I uh, started learning a little bit more about the Appalachians. And I came across Franzac through um, a contact I had here and realized what well, it has fantastic terroir. So we have an amazing terroir here on the right bank. Uh, its neighbors are Saint Emilio and Pomerol, which are much better known. But consequently, Franzac is much more affordable, both as wine. Um, for the consumer, but also in terms of buying land. So I wanted to buy the best appellation I could afford in terms of terroir and position and location to Bordeaux. And I found a small plot of vines. I only have three hectares and some dilapidated buildings, which I have renovated and transformed into a working winery. They didn't actually make wine before. So I, I've made them into, equipped them and uh, into a winery. And I guess one day you just decided you're going to make the wine yourself how did that happen so i bought the property in 2015 but conscious that i did not have a network around here and i didn't know anybody around here i decided the best thing to do for the first couple of years was just to um, observe and learn and meet people and just soak up everything uh, about wine wine making the business of wine the community the politics the bureaucracy how it works so uh, having lived in France for 25 plus years at the time, I knew that the bureaucracy and the administrative side could be uh, potentially challenging. So I needed to learn all about that. But also I had to get my fingers into the soil and understand 
you know, what really happens in a winery. So I let the old owner work the vines for a couple of years. I got to know people and I happened across an amazing consultant who uh, I could not have done this without and also an amazing onologue. Um, so both of those people, um, uh, we, we came together in 2017, which is when I start, decided to start making wine. I hear it's very hard to make wine. That it, there's a lot of moving barrels around, and it's 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 not as easy as it looks. And well, and raining, and and not how we see it on the whole Instagram in the Instagram world. Is that true? Well, there it's like every industry. In uh, the social media, make it look sunny and gorgeous, and that we're all just sitting around drinking glasses of wine or admiring the grapes all the time. But obviously, behind that. There are a lot of, there's a lot of rain in Bordeaux. So there's a lot of mud. And yes, in the, uh, because I do fermentation in 500 liter barrels, there is a lot of moving the barrels and turning the barrels three times a day while the, while the grapes ferment, which actually the first year did give me a hernia. So yeah, there is a, there is a non-Instagrammable side to winemaking that, uh, that, hey, it's all part of the package. So let's talk about some of the serious stuff. Have you thought about getting a certification, the organic certification? I know you've thought about it because we've talked about it. What's, okay. been your, what's been your journey on that thought process? Okay, so I think that, um, again, coming to the whole practice new, um, I really wanted to understand what goes on in the vineyard. A lot of talk about organic viticulture, sustainability, uh, use of chemicals, not use of chemicals and so forth. So very quickly, I understood that here in Bordeaux, we have a climate which can be extremely wet. It's one of the wettest regions of France and in in, certainly in terms of uh, winemaking regions. So you've got to deal with that. And I think that that's something that consumer needs to understand, that every uh, farm or winemaking area has a whole set of circumstances in terms of their climate and even the microclimate that has to be dealt with as first, first off. Um, and that, that applies to different parts of the world um, as well. So here we are in Bordeaux with a very wet climate. Um, and uh, I was very quickly told it's very difficult to be organic in Bordeaux. Now, there are lots of people who are um, becoming organic and or, or do have organic uh, status. And I also feel that there's quite a, there is a, a real sea change in Bordeaux overall because Bordeaux has got a name in the past of using a lot of chemicals and spraying both herbicides, but also treatments against uh, the diseases that are brought on by the wet climate, such as mildew. And therefore, it is a minefield to work through, you know, what is right for me, what works for my, where I am, because even within Fronzac, um, there are different microclimates. So I, at the beginning, resisted any kind of certification because I just thought I need to do what's right for me. And I think as the, even I've seen a big change in the last two or three years that actually certification is important because it does hold people accountable. But I'm not convinced that organic certification is the right thing for me. Not because I want to use chemicals, but because I feel that what's happened um, in farming overall is that there's become a bit of a polarization. And organic and not organic and therefore it's sort of a bit of a demonization if you're not organic and I don't think that that's the right way to go. I think we should be looking at a broad inclusive sustainability approach which is accessible to everybody and which is really 
inclusive and holistic. And the problem with that is it's very difficult for the consumer to understand it. But the more we talk about it, the more people will understand that sustainability from the plant through to the packaging, through to how we use the different types of energy in the winery, that is a much better approach for the planet and for all of us, uh, rather than focusing on a very narrow certification process. So how does sustainability play out for you in practical terms? Right, so for me, um, it covers the three main areas of economic, um, social, and also environmental sustainability. So the environmental bit is the bit that I find visitors home in on when they come for the first, when they come to visit me here. So that was, to me, was a no-brainer. That was planting hedgerows, planting trees. I had one tree when I arrived here, so I've been planting some trees. Um, I've also planted hedgerows so that we can also start restoring the natural balance. So that is clear. You, everybody agrees that about that, whether you're organic or not. And having a natural balance in the vineyard where you've got the hedgehogs that eat the snails and you've got the birds that eat the bugs and you plant the cover crops which feed the soil. That is, to me, is just common sense. So we started doing all of those things. So that side is, is covered. We start then being able to reduce the number of chemicals that you use. So we don't use any herbicide. Um, we you know, mechanically turn the, um, the weeds and actually physically pull out a lot of them as well. So there's all of that going on in the vineyard. That to me is a no brainer. But there are also other things that you can use that technology has allowed us. So there are quite a lot of products which people don't know about, which are biocontrol products. So these are products which are using technology to reproduce something that is natural in the plant itself. So it exists in the plant to try and defend itself. So technology allows us to reproduce that. We can then give that to the plant as an added defense against the pests that might attack it, the diseases or the bugs. And some of those biocontrol products are allowed in organic farming and some are not. And some are allowed in organic farming in Germany but not in France, some allowed in Portugal, but not in France. So for me, it was far too narrow to say, I've got to go to this, which allows me not to do this, when actually I need to look at my vineyard and say, that product means I don't have to use as much copper and spray as much copper on my vineyard. So copper, for example, is allowed in organic farming, but only to a certain limit because it can be detrimental to soil health. So I am very much for everybody looking at their holistic situation and saying that biocontrol product allows me to reduce copper by half, which means I am not trundling up and down in my, in my tractor as much, but actually also allows me to be economically sustainable, which means I can be sure to have my crop at the end of the year. Because if I go under, then my vineyard's not going to be here in 50 years time. And that also impacts the person who makes the barrels, the, the gentleman who uh, down the road comes in and helps me with the pruning. And that's a social sustainability and an economic sustainability, which is just as important uh, as the environment. And through the three types of sustainability, they all work together, which holistically improve. And I hear that you have, are actually going after the highest level of sustainability certification available in France. Yes. What so what would you like for you? Sorry. What has that been like for you? Okay. Well, it's, it's actually, um, 
I went for a sustainability um, certification called HVE, which is high value environmentally. It's in mm. French, haut de valeur environnementale. And that has three levels. And I went for that certification because I felt it was a broad certification around the use of water, um, around the reduced use of chemicals, but also how you're improving the environment, that kind of thing. And it actually, the first audit, it was clear I was at the highest level, which was a good validation that I was on the right path. Um, and so that I will get the actual stamp the certification for this vintage but in fact all the practices within it i've been doing since the start so like i said i think it's more important that you're doing the things but i do think that the consumer wants the reassurance that you have some kind of certification to back it up do you see your customers more often asking about sustainability i know that you have a lot of visitors because the, i've seen the pictures of the tasting room it looks amazing and you have a lot of events going on from just our conversation this morning do you find that people how do i say this do you find that people are curious and asking these questions more and also do you think they understand the difference between organic or biodynamic or sustainable or do you find yourself always explaining the same things Yes, um, to your last point, I think people normally regret having asked me the question because 15 minutes later, we're still having a conversation. And as you can tell from my long answers to things, I'm quite passionate about the, the holistic and global um, approach. Um, so people do ask, but they tend to ask more when we're standing in the vines, which I love because they'll say, so what is this and what's going on here? And so we have a conversation there. Um, and sometimes um, people are more interested whether it's vegan. Uh, people do also ask, you know, so what ends up in the wine? Um, so I'm finding I'm having more and more conversations about more and more aspects of sustainability. And we spoke a little bit previously about residue levels. And I found the story that you told me before about how curious you were actually about the chemicals that were left in the wine and you did some tests. Can you tell our viewers a little bit about that. Yes, because I found it incredible that we are not um, we are not forced to test the wine uh, systematically to make sure that if there's anything left in the wine. So uh, we have to do a number of tests in terms of the level of alcohol, of course, and and and, and so on and so forth for the appellation. Um, but I was very curious as to what was in my wine. Um, based on the fact that I hadn't been looking after it, after the, the land before 2017. So I, um, I had my 2018 vintage tested against 400 different uh, molecules and, um, and, and, and found that where there were tiny two or three traces of something, it was less than one hundredth of what would be allowed to meet EU standards. And I think that as we talk more and more about transparency and what's and food labeling and wine labeling, if we had to do that test and show that it, you know, how it, um, what was in the wine to make sure there was nothing in there that anybody could potentially even, you know, uh, not want to see, it would be great. It would be great for the consumer and great for the winemaker, be held accountable. I don't have a problem with that. And what about, do you think that people would be confused if they saw more ingredient labeling than we have today in the wine industry? If they saw more? If they saw more ingredients on the label than, than what is currently available, how would you, how would you think that the, the customers would respond to that? 
Um, I think the labeling thing is a very difficult one because I think the wine label itself already is difficult enough to um, understand. So we have got to start simplifying our wine labels before we start complica complicating them. But I think that if we do have a set of standards in terms of um, sustainability from the plants through to practices in the winery in terms of what goes into the wine, at the different process and the, and the, and the, and the vessels that are used um, and the practices in the winery, if we have certain standards of those things, then, then yes, then the con consumer can be, um, can be uh, reassured that at every step of the way, the right thing has been done, very much like, uh, I guess, the, the food standards for food that goes into our supermarkets. So it is, um, but we do need to demystify the wine label a little bit um, instead of adding layers of complexity because that's not going to help anybody. So uh, we need to find something simple for people to understand. But as far as I can tell, what goes into wine, um, you know, here, um, mainly it, it, it's grapes. <laughs> um, so with grapes, we've got natural yeast. Uh, we have to make sure that there is nothing that has come through from the soil. But why would there be? Because we're not putting anything nasty out there. Um, and then obviously it goes into the wood. Um, and it's looked after in the wood. We do filtration. We don't do any fining. Um, so nothing goes through the wine in that. Uh, in that. But so it should be a relatively simple to help the consumer understand what's gone into that bottle. And you actually live on the estate, don't you? You were saying that when, you know, you're the, the vines are how many meters away from the, from your... Uh, um, I, well, from my kitchen window, about... Uh, about five meters uh, i mean five meters plus three meters so yes about eight meters from my kitchen window because that's just the five meters the tractor needs to turn at the end of the vines and yes i have um where i sit out and have my breakfast is yeah five six meters just tractor turning distance away from from the vines. so yes exactly i don't want anything to happen in the vines that could 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 impact me just like m most people living in in the vines these days and that's actually something that's really important to you, isn't it? The social side of, of sustainability. I, I don't really want to divide them because it doesn't make sense to, because let's face it, the environment and people, we all end up in the same, it's the same story. But for you, I, I understand that embedding yourself in the community that you live in has been really important. I find it very impressive that you've just arrived into Fonsac and the things that you've done to, to really engage your community. Can you tell our, our viewers a little bit about that? Well, I've only been living here full time. So I've been living in France, as I said, for, for many years. And I was, when I bought this property, I was in the southeast. So then I decided to move here full time with my, the, the birth of my first full vintage in 2018. So I've been living here full time for two years. And in that time, I have made real effort to get involved in the community. I don't understand how people who, who do live in a place and don't. So that has involved obviously knocking on doors and saying to the Fronzac Appellation, let me help you, let me work on getting, you know, getting the Fronzac Appellation uh, from a marketing and image standpoint, a messaging standpoint. I've also become accredited as a, an official tutor at the wine school in Bordeaux. Um, that is run by the, the Bordeaux Wine Council. So I'm an accredited tutor so that I can actually share the official messages around what's going on in Bordeaux and be aware of what's going on in Bordeaux and, and share that. 
And uh, tomorrow, for example, I have, I've, I've actually just recently completed a new tasting room. So tomorrow I have an open day for the villagers of Sion, where I live, to come and poke around and chat to me and get to know what I'm up to. And also, I was very conscious that I started this project over 50. So I did uh, quite quickly after starting um, the business decide that I wanted to become a wine mentor for any woman on her own who wanted to get into wine over 50. So um, became a sort of, created a sort of mentoring um, process. And I have a couple of mentees that are looking at getting into the wine business that I help because I have a business and marketing background, but also the practicality of working in wine now um, that I'm helping chat through whether it makes sense for them to try and do a simple project. So a whole range of things from a social sustainability perspective. I, I understand that you've just finished doing up one of your tasting rooms, isn't it right? You had the architect over recently or something. I've seen the pictures, they look amazing. Yeah, Absolutely so- amazing. Can't wait to visit. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about what that's been like for you? So yes, I had an empty barn that I decided I wanted to turn into a tasting room and also sort of a wine school and facility for doing workshops, including on sustainability. And so I used the architect who lives in the village, um, who uh, also brought in as many local supplies as possible. That again, you know, so we're talking about the vineyard, but also any work that you do on the property, that has to be part of your sustainability um, uh, approach in my, in my view anyway. So yes, I've got the local suppliers, uh, local products as far as possible, recycled as much as possible. The lights are made out of old vines uh, from my vineyard. I've got an old table that I uh, got from a local chateau, which was a whole an old harvester table. Um, it sounds a bit ramshackle, but actually it's quite, it's quite neat. And uh, yes, lo- using local suppliers. In fact, also the photographer who took the pictures lives in the village. So as many um, local suppliers and local tradespeople as possible. Well, that sounds amazing. I can't wait to visit. I literally can't wait. Um, I'm looking forward to so, it. Tell us, what do you have coming up for Chateau Georgesette? What can, we, what can we get excited about for the future? Well, um, on a less exciting front, uh, this afternoon, prior to the meeting, the open day tomorrow, I do need to dismantle a couple of my barrels because we are recycling the 500 litre barrels and keeping all the metal parts and, re- and uh, redoing the wood on them. So I have to get my screwdriver out and take all the metal parts off those big barrels. Um, but the bigger project coming up in the medium term is that I make red wine currently, but I'm making some white wine this year. So that is going to be harvested in uh, the next few days. And I'm also looking currently at how I can do an innovative packaging, which is uh, sustainable. Um, for the white wine, uh, because of this is not a wine that will need to age. So I'm looking, uh, I'm looking at that. So that's my next project, which is uh, coming up imminently. Well, that's really exciting. So how can we get hold of you? What is your um, uh, your contact details if anyone has any questions? Or what, how do we visit the winery? Is that even available to, to normal people out there like myself? Yes, well, of course, I'm open pretty much every day and, and when anybody wants to come. Um, uh, but obviously, it's, it's good to uh, have a bit of notice if you can, uh, if I can. But my website is uh, www.chateaugeorgesette, so chateau, um, 
George, as in the uh, British spelling of George, and then the number seven dot com. And my email is Sally at chateaugeorgesets.com. And on the website, we've got lots of information about how to visit, how to book a visit, or how to send me an email. Um, the kind of visits that we do, and also the workshops that I hold and the courses here, and um, and also blog about my approach to sustainability as well. So come and visit. Come and Can't see. Wait. Come and Thank taste you. the wine. That's the most important bit. Enjoy well, the wine. I've heard a lot of good things about the wine, but I know a few people who've just ordered some really big magnums. So excited yeah. to, try the, to try the wine. And thank you so much for your time today. That was absolutely fascinating. Oh, and well, thank, thank you for your